This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. You're listening to the CMO Spotlight on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again are Catherine Hayes and Jenny Rooney. Hey, welcome back to the CMO Spotlight. I'm Catherine Hayes, co-author of Beyond Advertising, Creating Value Through All Customer Touch Points. And I'm Jenny Jenny Rooney, editor of the CMO Network at Forbes. Jenny's uh, not here with me in the studio today. I'm missing your <laughs> your presence and seeing your smile, but uh, but she's here in spirit. And uh, as we do once a month, um, 9 a.m. on Fridays of every month, uh, we bring you some of the most fabulous chief marketing officers and their insights into what's going on today. So next up, we have Chris Hummel. He's the senior vice president and chief marketing officer at United Rentals. Welcome to the show, Chris. Thank you very much, guys. Great to be here. Great, great to have you. So um, just wanted to to tell our listeners the reason why we reached out to you in particular. Um, as I was reading Ad Age, the, 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 one of the main magazines about uh, what's going on in the advertising world, I noticed an article about uh, United Rentals. So we, we want to get into the newsworthiness of it. But before we do, can you just give us a little bit of background first, Chris, on who is United Rentals and what's the scope of, of your business? Sure, happy to. So United Rentals is the world's largest equipment rental provider. We serve mostly industrial companies and construction companies with providing them mission critical and heavy equipment, everything from earth moving to scissor lifts to pumps, fluid solutions, uh, industrial tools, all that kind of stuff to help them in all kinds of projects, whether they're building something, renovating, or um, kind of constructing. And our we're about 21 years old and about seven and a half billion dollars, roughly, in revenue, operating in North America, so the United States and Canada. So just operating in North America and Canada, but you're the the world's largest in terms of size. That's correct. Gotcha. Yeah, we we recently made an acquisition, which has given us a small toehold in Europe. But the reality is, most of our business is here. Got it. Got it. And you're about to expand your offering. Well, we've been, uh, we're sort of always constantly expanding our offering, both through acquisition and through um, our own good efforts, so to speak. Uh, We have another acquisition we just announced recently of the number eight uh, rental company in North America, Blue Line Rental. So that's currently now in process. And we're doing a lot of things in terms of, particularly with technology, uh, using digital technology to try and help our customers with productivity sort of manage some of the complexity, Mm -hmm. and we're doing that through our own developments internally. Gotcha. And so um, before we get into your role as chief marketing officer or some of the the issues and topics that you're dealing with in a B2B company, um, tell us about your own personal marketing journey. uh, What's been your career journey to get you to this place? Yeah, I'm not your your typical marketeer, I guess, but then again, who is? I was a, I'm not sure there is one, which is why we like to ask the question. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't know that there's a profile. We're sort of CMOs are going through a bit of an identity crisis over the last <laughs> couple of years. We can't figure out exactly who we are, what's the right background. But my my personal journey, if you like, without going to, all the way back to childhood, so to speak, but I started my career actually heading towards um, diplomacy. It was going to be a foreign service officer. Oh, you were at Fletcher, right? Yeah. Was I was at, at Fletcher, Georgetown and, School of Foreign Service. Ah, there yeah. we go. So nice spirit there. But yeah. um, so was heading down that whole path and was, you know, uh, focused on the former Soviet Union at the time, all that kind of stuff. And 
ended up almost got sidetracked a little bit and ended up working for Oracle. Uh, turned down the foreign service and then started a long career in sales, primarily in technology. And it's just in the last, so worked with Oracle, SAP, uh, a few other companies, and then ended up sort of making a shift into the industrial world. Uh, where I was the global chief marketing officer of Schneider Electric, a big $35 billion French conglomerate. And then over the last three years, I've been here at United Rentals. And let's say it was not coming from places like Oracle SAP. Uh, this is not necessarily where I had expected to end up, but having a fantastic time. What attracted you to the role, Chris? I mean, what was it about the mandate and sort of the expectations that were going to be put on the, the CMO at United Rentals that appealed and you saw as a great opportunity for you? Well, it was really two things, I think. It's one in general as I've sort of gotten more into the industrial space or what a lot of people call the operational technology space. You see the, you know, IT has kind of really already captured the world in terms of, you know, uh, what I call sort of the religious selling of uh, the version of my technology is the next nirvana or whatever it is. But the real realities of companies that have to work in the dirt, that have to work with things that can't be delivered by drones and, and have to actually do a lot of the things, whether it's building infrastructure or manufacture or whatever else, that has not really been a place where people spent a lot of time marketing. Yet when you look at all the trends with the Internet of Things and, and all the kind of convergence of various technologies and whatnot, the opportunity to come to a Fortune 500 company mm that is by far the leader in its industry and very, very forward thinking. As I started to get into it, um, I just got hooked. And then, you know, working with the executive team sort of before I jumped over and they said, well, you know, our big focus here is really on digitizing the whole space. That's just, it, it hooked me. We talk a lot when we talk to consumer companies, um, we talk a lot about the value of, of brand purpose, right? And storytelling and all those things, both from, you know, in terms of attracting consumers, but also in tra attracting employees. Are you also seeing on the B2B side that that's uh, become a, a priority? And, and how, if so, how is that manifested? Well, first of all, I don't know that you can differentiate between B2B and B2C marketing as much anymore. Sure. Um, you know, I think the, the, the fun part of being in B2B is you have to deal with the individual as well as the group think, so to speak. Um, mm -hmm. But there is no question the narrative the uh, the story behind what you are trying to position your company as and the offering the value proposition you have to customers whether they be individuals or companies that is critical and it doesn't it doesn't always come just in a sexy sizzly ad or a video reel or something like that it's actually a sustained process which a lot of people call customer experience which is certainly part of it but um, can you be authentic in in what you're trying to do and so that's that's really where I think the challenge is, is having an authentic narrative and story that does relate to both who you are as a company and what you're trying to offer your customers. And I had one more quick question. I'm sorry, and then I'll hand it back to you, Catherine, but just along this, these lines, I'm just curious. You know, there seems to be also in recent years a much more interest, an interest in uh, certainly authenticity, but also like how it's made, you know, like the Sort of right, the, the maker the, culture. Exactly. So, do you? How is that impacting you all? I have to think that you see see that impacting you in in, in various ways. Well, I think the way that we uh, we see it, or I see it, as the the head of marketing is, it's really actually as much as our company is about fleet and machines and technology and all the things we do. Actually, our story is about who we are as people. Mm -hmm. It's who this company is. 
It's a very blue-collar ethic. It's a very flat organization. It's um, people who are really dedicated to service, both mm-hmm. to their customers or, you know, for example, at our company, 14% of our employees are actually military veterans. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so a big part of who we are comes from that kind of ethos and ethic of service and commitment and delivery and operational excellence. And so it is very much a part of uh, what we deliver to our customers is who we are. Sure. Yep. So it goes all, all the way through that. That's exactly what I was going to be asking about. And and maybe can you just describe some of the ways that that's come to life? It sounds very organic, just the fact that you reflect within your employee base, the, those who, who you serve as, as your customers. But how else does that manifest itself, both intentionally as well as perhaps just organically? Well, it's, it's I mean, when I took over the company, you know, marketing was a very small organization. I went from running a global organization at my previous job with over a thousand people directly reporting to me in marketing communications and over 6,000 in the whole company. And I joined United Rentals and there were six people in marketing. <laughs> So it was, you know, a completely different kind of challenge, if you like. So one of the first things you do, a new CMO coming in, you go, wow, I need a, I need a brand platform. I need to figure out who we are. And in, in going through that whole process, uh, what we realized our, our brand was is, again, this nature of, of being of service. And so it mandates or it um, sort of expresses itself in obviously all the commitment of the company in terms of what the people do. But just to give you an idea... One of the first programs we put together was actually we had just decided to sponsor an IndyCar program with the uh, Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan team and the driver Graham Ray Hall. And what we ended up doing was instead of focusing that program on advertising or all those kinds of things, yes, we do customer hospitality, yes, we put our logo on the car, but we actually built a program called Turns for Troops where what we do is we invest $50 for every lap that Graham completes towards an organization called Soldier Strong, which gives technology for wounded veterans in their rehabilitation, exoskeleton suits for paralyzed veterans, these kind of things. Amazing. And so it was amazing. I can even say the first time I met Graham and his wife, it was one of these kind of awkward conversations. Okay, I'm not really a motorhead. I don't really know that much about racing. And he was sort of like, okay, I don't really know that much about this company, but they just signed a check. And we sort of got to the point where I started talking about the Turns for Troops program and immediately his eyes lit up, mm-hmm. and, and his wife was there as well. And all of a sudden we became, you know, sort of almost like best friends. And then David Letterman, who's the Letterman in the RLL, also got involved and was very committed to these uh, causes. So all of a sudden we weren't just doing an advertising program. We were, we were doing a cause almost, and the team became as much a partner in that. And from a very objective kind of practical purpose, that was absolutely the best sponsorship activation that I've ever been involved in. I've spent a lot of money on sponsorships over my career. But finding that that niche between what the commitment of the individuals and the, and the team was and the commitment of us expressed itself in a marketing program that actually drives about 50% of our social traffic. Wow. 50%. You And you also fund, um, is it centers of excellence or excellent uh, excellence uh, training as well? Yeah, so we one part of our, our, our service offering to customers is uh, through United Academy, which is a training program around safety and operational excellence. And we have a number of centers of excellence around the country. 
And we, again, expressing kind of who we are, we've dedicated uh, six of those, well, now seven, but six at first, five to the different branches of the U.S. military, and then one to the uh, Royal Armed Forces in Canada. And just recently, about two weeks ago, I had the honor of attending the seventh center of excellence, which is in Ridgefield Park, New Jersey, just outside New York City. Mm-hmm. And we dedicated that to first responders, um, particularly in connection with 9-11. Right. Because a big part of our oral history, if you like, of our company was that a lot of people were, you know, evacuating New York after the terrible events of 9-11. We were sort of rushing in to get equipment and the stories of our own staff sort of sleeping in vans for days, trying to help out everybody and being a part of that whole recovery effort is something that's obviously a, a dark period for the country, but in some ways a very heroic moment for our own people to feel like we were committed uh, to that cause. So that, that dedication was something that I think was very personal to everybody involved. Yeah, I've, I watched uh, the, the brief video that you have on your website. It's it's really compelling and very real and heartfelt uh, all the way around for everybody who was involved with, with that. And then and give talk. So that's that that element that that really came clear both on your your website as well as your Facebook page um, is good. So let's let's change the topic a little bit to uh, to your other n- recent news. Um, you appeared twice in Ad Age. Um, it's a, it's a weekly publication, and you you know first of all it was like why is this B two B maybe unheard of by many people? Um, United Rentals getting all of this great press about all the fabulous advertising agencies fighting to get your business. So tell us tell us the story. Yeah, I mean, the reporter wrote it to so like, why in the world are all these advertising <laughs> Thanks a lot, right? Crazy industrial company. So, <laughs> so part of it is, um, so from our side, let's look at it from our side. We are not, you know, a traditional marketeer. You don't see Super Bowl ads from us. You don't even see ads from us very much. I mean, yeah, we do some sponsorship. We're probably getting our voice a little bit louder. Um, and so part of it is what I realized as the head of marketing and, and talking to the executive team and working with all my, my colleagues and peers is we, although we have this great position as the, um, the largest equipment rental company in the world, our customers need something more. Um, there's a transition kind of going on where you know, the American Society of Civil Engineers rated our infrastructure in the United States very poorly. Mm-hmm. Our customers struggle with yep. productivity and, and challenge with complexity. And, and our offering has gone far beyond just the equipment. As I said, sort of getting into the digital technologies and real ways of, I mean, we do drones, we have investments in robotics, we're getting involved in autonomous vehicles, we're doing all kinds of things that you would go, United Rentals? Um, and so we needed to find a way to tell that story and so we said, you know what, we, we, we need some help. We need somebody to sort of come in and do it. And I had a feeling that, you know, uh, with my background and, and in contacts and my own little reputation, I could attract a few of the, the top agencies, but I knew I was going to have a little bit, or I thought I might have a little bit of a sell job to convince them on what we're doing. And what it turns out is, is we started to talk to them you know, uh, and one of the ad agencies, actually the one who won, uh, the the head and the founder there said, "Not oh just anybody, God, um, David Droga of Droga David Five. David Droga, that's yeah. right, of Droga Five, um, who's probably one of the most decorated creative mm-hmm. uh, personalities Truly. in the industry." He said, 
once he and I started talking, he said, I've never seen an opportunity that has retail, um, you know, visual elements like equipment, technology. Uh, you know, you guys are the real Internet of Things company, the service sort of mentality that you have, the opportunity to create this whole industry that so many people, although it's a $50 billion plus industry just in North America, most people don't know about. He was salivating, and thankfully so were most of the other agencies. So we went through <laughs> a, a, you know, about a four-month process to sort of uh, figure out who the right partner was. And we had some of the top agencies, uh, you know, the final four were all top ten agencies mm -hmm. uh, that were fighting for this business. All did a very good job. And as we just said, we ended up choosing Droga 5. But it was kind of funny the way people were like, United Rentals? Really? Um <laughs> One of the other aspects of it too that I that uh, the the point was made is that very few um, marketers are using agencies as agency of record. So they have you know this one agency that they do all their work with, or sort of the lead person, and there's a long term relationship that it's become far more project based. Um, and so the opportunity to take on a company and have the kind of relationship that you described, um, I think they were also very very interested in that and to be really really yeah, part of the whole clear, process I, uh you know i don't necessarily believe in the agency of record model either in the sense of consolidating everything into one industry into, uh, into one agency excuse me we definitely are, are, went through a consolidation process as part of this and we are picking a, a few partners um but the idea of agency record somehow sort of feels like okay they speak for us rather mm. than the partnership Right. That we're really building. So we have about three or four partners in, in different key areas. And Droga 5 is clearly our lead creative advertising and even branding agency in that mix. And, you know, I, I believe that ultimately uh, the brand resides, you know, the, that's for the company. Uh, and what these Absolutely. partners help us do is help us find it, express it, and, and put it into the right framework. But yeah, I, I look. I, we were we were the other way. We had sort of more project based, lots of different specialized agencies, and given our specific circumstances, we couldn't handle that, and it was better for us to consolidate to a few partners. But I certainly understand the trend. It's also interesting too that um, I think it's something that we've talked about on the show before. That and for our listeners in particular, who are maybe with smaller companies, there's no question that agencies want to have really interesting projects. They want to work with companies where there's the kind of characteristics that you have that, you know, the, the ethos of the company, the values of the company, the impact of the company are really, really strong and that you have an open mind about it to be able to get the bigger agencies to, to do it. They, the people in their organizations want to work on something other than just the same old fast-moving consumer products. So um, so I think that's a good message. Uh, and, and your example, I think, really shows how you don't have to be well-known or a, a CPG company to, to get some real interest on the part of great agencies. Well, the other thing I think, if I can just add in there, that, that all the agencies kind of recognize, and I certainly directed them this way, is... You know, for a lot of companies like ours uh, who aren't traditionally um, heavily invested in marketing, actually the internal change is just as big a part of it. So it's not just about the communication externally. Right. It's the communication internally mm -hmm. and driving the 16,000 brand ambassadors that we need to have in the market. And so the challenge is 
is a comprehensive one. I think that's what you were kind of getting at is that, yep. you know, when you, when you have this kind of opportunity to open up a new industry, find a whole new story that has all these core elements that could come together, but you have to add in that internal transformation and change as well. That just puts a big challenge that some people are afraid of, but there are a lot of mm. the best of the best will come and say, that's exactly the kind of thing I want to work on. Sure. What kind of internal, I just should ask real quick, and I'm sorry if you've answered this, but what kind of internal capabilities? Do you have any sort of robust, you know, a lot of companies too are moving to, to an internal agency model or at least bringing in a lot of in-house. Have you shifted in any regard what you kind of hold on to in-house versus what you're parsing out? And, no, um, as I mentioned before, I mean, when I joined, we had six people in marketing, and I think I've done an incredible job of doubling it. Um, <laughs> so... You know, and to cover what is now, after the Blue Line acquisition, going to be a more than $8 billion company, mm-hmm. we are absolutely uh, dependent upon our external partners for everything we can. We stay very, very lean and direct from internally, and it's a very collaborative across the executive team to kind of drive it because this is not just a marketing strategy. This is the business strategy. Exactly. Right? It's in hand, hand in hand with this, and, um, and so... You know, we don't really do anything internally, although, you know, we have lots of technology, like we have an internal social, um, you know, platform with, with Facebook and Workplace by Facebook and those kind of things. But, no, we, we, have not, we, we have not taken the trend. We've talked about it and discussed it, but right now for us it's much better to keep it. Keep very flexible. This is going to work, yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to ask. Well, we're almost out of time, so if it's a quick question, Jenny, what do you think? Yeah, well, we were trying, we were hoping to get to ask our guests a couple of questions related to some of the things that were hot in the news these days. I don't know if we have time to ask Chris. So, yeah, so we named it Quick Thoughts on Hot Topics. So we have about literally 30 seconds. (laughs) And the the topic is um, any thoughts on the recent Nike advertisements and or uh, the Serena advertisements? with uh with chase yeah i i don't know that i'm you know in such a great place to comment i understand you know sometimes you have to differentiate yourself and there's an approach to differentiation and certain companies like nike have have sort of found themselves on the edge and and use that as their strategy uh that's not really the strategy that we would adopt but um it's it's a differentiation and how do you stand out in the crowd Great. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you, Chris. Chris Hummel, Senior Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer at United Rentals. Thank you so much for being with us today. And with that, our thanks for listening to all of you out there. Thank you for, for tuning in. Thoughts, comments, suggestions about the show, please do tweet us at bizradio, B-I-Z radio 132, or Jenny, um, you can tweet her at Jenny underscore Rooney, or me, at Catherine, C-A-T-H-A-R-I-N-E-H-A-Y-S. Cheers. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play.